Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Good morning, church. Welcome. I'm so excited to see you. Thank you for joining us. We are so thankful for this ability to connect, but I miss you and I love you and we're praying for you and I hope you'll engage and continue to engage, uh, adding your comments into the chat and getting prayer. Fill out a prayer request form that you can see right there online or maybe just a connection card and let us know how you're doing. We want to connect with you and we miss you uh, in person, but we are, again, just thankful that we have the ability to connect in the way that we are. So welcome all across the DMV, the nation, the globe, wherever you're tuning in. I'm so excited to be with you this morning and to be able to share a message from the Bible. Are you ready to receive some hope this morning? Absolutely. I hope you are. I know that I am. If you're anything like me or maybe a lot of you who know me know that, well, for all of us, this has been a challenging week. But for me in particular, you know, I like a good plan. I like things that are on routine. I like to be able to predict I like stability. I'm not that spontaneous, right? <laughs> Many of you who are like me, you think, gosh, you know, I, I can relate to that. And, and I know this week has brought so many challenges. And I think one of the biggest ones is the fear of the unknown. And all week long, I've had scriptures that have been just coming to mind. And I want to open this morning with a couple of verses that I hope are going to bring hope to your soul like they've ministered to me. Because today we're starting a new series called We the Church. And it is us as a church declaring our dependence upon God, our dependence upon one another in the face of uncertain times, and our resolve to stand firm on the word and to stand together as a community, even though we are spread apart, we are still connected. Amen? We're connected in our hearts. We're connected online. And we're going to be intentional about that and make sure that nobody feels isolated and alone. So will you open your Bibles with me right now to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. I'm going to be reading to you today from the Passion Translation. So you can follow along if you have that version on your device or if you have a paper version of it. That, that's amazing. Also, we'll have all of these verses for you up on the screens that you're looking at in order to view this experience. So follow along with me. Um, James chapter 1, Verse 2 goes like this. It says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. Wow. And then, as your endurance grows even stronger... It will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. God, we know that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, that you are our source today. You are the one that we look to for encouragement, for hope. God, to get us through uncertain times, the storms of life, the things that are unexpected and unpredicted. 
God, we thank you right now that you see every single person right where they are that you know the details of our lives, God, and that you are not a God who sits afar off, but, Father, you are close and near. You are the God who is right with us, in the middle of all of it, Father, leading us, guarding us, keeping us, guiding us, directing us. Father, thank you that you are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our high tower this morning. And we run to you in Jesus' name. We pray that we would find hope in your word this morning, God, that we would find peace in your word, God, and we would find rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. So James comes to us this morning with some challenging words, but also kind of encouraging. But he kind of marries these two ideas of joy, finding joy, seeing when all you see is difficulties, seeing that as a unique opportunity, as an amazing opportunity to experience the most joy you could possibly have. This is challenging for me, as I was just saying, because you know what? It's hard when you're looking into the future and you don't see what's coming. You don't know how things are going to work out. You don't know what to expect. And I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we can have this kind of feeling like, wow, well, I don't really know they think the person who wrote this knows what my situation or circumstance is. But you know what? I want to encourage you this morning. These are the words of a heavenly father coming to us personally. And when James wrote these words, he was speaking to the church in Jerusalem, the early church. These were Jewish Christians who knew God. He addresses us in this first verse saying, my fellow believers. So he's talking to people who know God. He's talking to those who have a revelation of who Jesus is and a relationship with God. And he's encouraging them to have joy in the face of endless difficulties and storms. This is amazing, I think, for so many reasons, but let me tell you a little bit more of the background because the, the church at the time was scattered. They were driven from their homes. They were in a time of persecution, so they probably almost had it worse than we do as far as the quarantine situation. I know it can get hard. But these people, they lost their homes. They had to leave their land. And they had to go and find new places to live. They were forced from their homes. They were in the middle of persecution and just from the Roman Empire. And they took what they could with them, and they were on their way, and they were forced to leave. So this is where James is coming we read these verses he's saying when you are when you're facing all kinds of difficulty and when all it seems is on the menu of your life is endless trials see it as an opportunity see it as an opportunity for God to move and have joy in that because why we're going to take a look at this today and I hope that it brings encouragement to your life. It's a challenge to me in the midst of adversity. This is not shrinking back language. This is not in the midst of everything that the church was going through at the time or <laughs> everything that we're going through right now. This is not uh, a, a time to shrink back, to feel sorry for ourselves, to, to stop looking to God or to get lazy in our faith. This is a time where James is saying, you have to see this for the opportunity that it is. And what is that opportunity? He said, because you know, because you're believers, you know God. You know that it's out of adversity. It's out of the, the tests of our faith that our greatest victories come. It's when our faith is tested. Come on. When our faith is tested that we see 
God's presence in our lives growing. We see our faith muscles building and becoming stronger. It's through the test of faith that we become stronger. And he goes on to talk about how we gain endurance. Through the testing of our faith, there comes a durability in our faith. Can you say amen this morning to that? I don't know about you, but when I started dating my husband, there was a newness in our relationship, and it was fun, and it was exciting. But it wasn't until we went through some really hard things in our lives that we gained that durability in our relationship. It was at first in the beginning fun, exciting, passionate. It still is, but it's in a different way. It's in a deeper way. It's in a better way. But in the beginning, there's no durability. And sometimes we come to our relationship with God much in the same way, where we're looking for the good feelings, but then the test comes, and we have to ask ourselves, am I going to engage my faith? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to see this as an opportunity to experience the most joy in my spirit that I've ever encountered because of the good things that God is doing in my life as my faith is tested? This is a challenge, but it's a question that we all get to answer. Our endurance grows, and it says that it produces a power inside of us. Come on, when our faith is tested, it produces a power inside of you and inside of me that gives us the ability to endure all things. That durability. Wow. And that durability puts inside of us something that can't be shaken, something that in the next storm of life, it's not going to be shaken. It's going to be there. It's an eternal thing. I know we've heard this scripture a lot lately, but the Bible talks about how there will be days when everything is shaken so that the things that can't be shaken stay. The things that can't be shaken remain. This is an opportunity for you and I to take hold of our faith in a world and a time where a lot of things are shaking and there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of adversity, but we take hold of our faith. We're encouraged in our faith this morning knowing that, you know what? Nothing can shake that. Nothing can take that because God is our source. Amen? God is our source. He comes today to shift our attitude an attitude of negativity, or maybe you've been feeling down, to embracing joy. Do you know that joy is a choice this morning? Joy is a decision that we make because we know that our God is good, that he is our provider, that he is our creator. Let's not forget. Let's not forget who our God is, who the God is that we serve, the one, the only, the creator of the universe. There is none like him. He is God Almighty. He does not change. In him there is no shadow of turning. Come on. He is the God, our provider. He is the commander of the hosts of heaven. Amen. He is the one and only true king. He is the God who heals. Amen. He is the one who is with us in the good, in the bad. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He calls us to his heart. He says, come, bring me your heavy burdens. Bring me your heavy load and I will give you the rest, the peace that you're looking for. He is the one that we can put our trust in this morning. Amen. As we go through our week and the next days ahead of us, we, we don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you what, I am not an expert on this kind of a situation. 
I'm not a physician. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what is going on. I'm reading and, and doing everything that you're all doing, listening to the news and trying to stay informed and walk in wisdom. But I know this. I know that God is up to something big in your life and in mine. I know this. I know that as we hold on to our faith that God is going to continue to transform us from the inside out. And as we take that attitude, as we choose that attitude of joy, as we see the testing of our faith as an opportunity to experience God in a new way, to experience his goodness in a fresh way, I think we're going to be surprised what he's up to. I think we're going to be amazed. And I think we're going to look back at this time as, as, an, as a shaky time, as a crazy time, but also as an amazing time when God was doing something new, when he was speaking to our hearts like never before, when he was calling his church forward, when he was encouraging us in new and fresh ways to be his light, to be the hope of the world. So I want to give you some practical things. You know, we can come together on a Sunday online and worship and praise him, but you know what? We have to have something to take with us, don't we? We need practical steps. We need action items, things that we can take with us to practice and do all week long. I know that's how my brain works. So I want to talk to you about three things that we can, as a community, spread all across the world, that we can be practicing this week, this week in order to um, make the most of this opportunity, as James says. The first one is faith. I've already talked a lot about it, but I want to continue here. I want to talk to you about your response, responding in faith and not fear. Amen. Our job as believers is to believe. It's not to predict the future. It's not to always know exactly what's going on. Although I think as believers, like I said, we should w walk in wisdom. We should be educated and we should be informed. But we have to be believers first. Amen? We have to be believers first. We have to engage our faith. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, it's a familiar scripture that... A lot of people are posting right now, and I think it's so relevant. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, amen, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I alluded a few moments ago to faith like it's a muscle. And I think that's so appropriate because you ever hear the, um, the term practice makes perfect, right? Practice makes perfect. Well, James talked about how this idea of, of as, you, as your faith is tested, you have the power to endure all things, and it, in, it kind of causes there to be perfection in all of your being. And this idea of perfection is not really that we're going to attain perfection while we're human beings because we know only God is perfect, but it's talking about a wholeness, a completeness, amen, through engaging our faith. But our faith is a muscle, and we must practice. We must practice to see ourselves get to that place. We have to practice in the face of negativity to believe God and to trust him. We have to practice and, and be, be mindful of our atmosphere, our own personal atmosphere in a time where we're isolated, we're feeling alone. Maybe some of you that live alone, especially I want you to know that my prayers are with you. Be strategic and be intentional to connect, whether it's online or in a small group that's still allowed within the social distancing uh, rules and regulations, but you need to be intentional and make sure that you're practicing faith so that you don't feel overcome and overwhelmed. Amen. 
The Bible encourages us in 1 John 4.18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has, been, has not been made perfect in love. You know, we're all on this journey of being made perfect in God's love. I love this verse because it really teaches us several things. It says that perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love only comes from God. Amen? It's the, it's the love that we receive. It's that supernatural divine love that we receive from God himself. When we embark on a relationship with him, wherever you are on that journey in your own life, we experience his love in that relationship with him. And that love causes fear to be driven away. You know, fear is the oldest tool in the book for the devil. <laughs> he loves to bring fear into our hearts and minds, especially in times like these, because he knows if he can get a foothold of fear that there's other things that are going to come and be added into our lives. Things like anxiety. Fear leads to anxiety. What is anxiety? Anxiety is torment. It's a torment of your mind. And this scripture is so relevant because it says perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Torment is simply defined as the utmost of misery or anguish in your mind. When the newsreel is not enough, it just continues to go in your mind. And the negativity and the fear and the what ifs and the unknown and what if this and what if that, whether it's in regard to health or finances or future or direction or job or diagnosis. I'm here to tell you this morning that the perfect love of God can drive that out of your soul, can drive that out of your mind. But you have to practice engaging your faith, amen? You have to practice engaging your faith to build that muscle. He comes to us today with this reminder. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. The enemy comes to bring fear, but he wants to bring anxiety and torment into our minds. And that leads us to this place of heaviness, this place of overwhelm. And I want to give you a huge key today. And I know that in the video, one of the videos that we posted this week, I mentioned this as well. But I want to encourage you with some of the extra time that you have to fill your room, fill your apartment, fill your home with praise and worship. The Bible says this beautiful reminder in Isaiah 61. It says, when you put on a garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness is gone. It can't stay. There is no fight. There is no struggle. When we put on a garment of praise, when we decide, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to uh, fill the atmosphere that I'm in with your love and your goodness. We make a divine exchange. Our anxiety, our worry, our fear for his his rest, his peace, his peace invades our souls. The Bible encourages us to come to him in prayer, in supplication, in worship. Amen. He, it says, be anxious for nothing. God was not unaware. He is not unaware of the situations and circumstances of our lives. When he wrote these words, he said, in the midst of trial, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of loss, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, come to me with prayer. Come to me with supplication. Come to me in worship. And I give you this divine exchange, this garment of praise, and the spirit of heaviness will be lifted in Jesus' name. So that's the first one, engaging our faith, making that decision to 
kind of change the atmosphere that we're in, amen, and not allowing fear and worry and anxiety to rule the day, but exercising faith, practicing faith and believing that God is going to meet us right where we are. The second thing I want you to work on, practice, do, (laughs) this is our homework as a church this week, is focus. If there's one thing I can say about our culture, you know what, is we are distracted. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I can't hear you, but I know that you're agreeing with me right now. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things about our world is that we're distracted. And yes, social media is distracting and other things are distracting. And there's memes about it. You can see all over the internet with people just looking at their phones and missing out on life, right? Because everyone's here instead of being present in the moment and being engaging with other human beings. But The kind of distraction that I'm talking about here is a spiritual distraction. And I want to call us as a church, as we the church come together and we decide, you know what, we're going to depend on God and we're going to band together and we're going to stand together through uncertain times. I want to encourage you in your focus not to be distracted, not to be distracted by what's going on or isn't going on around us. I want to encourage you from Hebrews 12.2, it says this, It says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith's perfection. There's that same language again, how it starts with Jesus. He births that faith in us as we begin a relationship with him. But you know what? He is the one who is perfecting our faith in us as we trust him and we learn to hear his voice and to continue to obey his voice and walk with him in life's journey. And I want to encourage you this morning it says here that we don't look to the natural realm, but we fasten our gaze. On him. I want to encourage you today, if you are struggling with worry, fear, anxiety, that you fasten your gaze on him and that you work at this, that you decide, I am not going to look here, I'm not going to look there, I'm going to focus on what God is saying. Like I said before, you know, we as believers are to be in this world and to be a light to this world. So we have to know what's going on. But that doesn't mean that we have to focus on the negative. We can focus on God's word. We can focus on the scripture. We can focus on God's promises to our lives. We can focus on who he is and who he says we are in the midst of this storm. We can focus on the truth of that and it will continue to transform us. Like I just said, the the scripture reminds us that there are two realms. There's a natural and a spiritual realm. And you know what? I believe that they're at war with one another. And we have, church, an opportunity to step out in faith as a church all across this the, the country all across the globe and to make a real difference, to rise in faith and to love the people that are right next to us. That's all it's going to take. That's all it's going to take is a little bit of boldness, a little bit of faith, a little bit of focus to rise up and say, you know what? I'm not going to shrink back. I'm in fear. I'm not going to sh- shrink back when, when things don't go the way I think they should go or when there's things don't go the way I thought they would be. 
and when I can't see the road ahead of me, I know some of us are facing some real unknowns. And I don't say this to minimize it, but I do say this to encourage you that God is in control. And he will bring you peace that passes understanding, that transcends the circumstances, that is outside of what you can even imagine for what you're dealing with. He is able, he is good, and he is with us. One, the big key here, like I talked about with faith and, and, and worship, the thing about focus, one of the big keys that helps me is basically scripture memorization and meditation. I want to encourage you in this time as you're at home and you're working from home, you maybe have a little more freedom to write down scriptures and post them around your house and really be speaking them out loud where maybe you couldn't do that in the office. This is, a, this is the upside of, of being uh, tele, teleworking and, and doing what everyone's doing now with being isolated is that you can quote scripture. There is no voice more powerful in your own ears than your own voice. That's scientific fact. And I want to encourage you today as you speak the word of God over your life into the situation, into your house, into your room, into your environment, into the people that that are in your house with you, into your children, into your spouse and your partner, I want to encourage you that God is going to continue to help you to build that faith. Remember, we're talking about focus. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The recipe for renewing your mind is the Bible. The recipe for renewing your mind is washing your mind through the water of the word of God that the Bible tells us is transforming us from the inside out, making us a new person. That is how God works. That is how he works in us. It's not from the outside in. It's always from the inside out. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, not to conform to the pattern that's around you, the pattern of fear, the pattern of worry, the pattern of anxiety. Don't conform to it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lastly, I want to give you number three. Remember, we had faith, focus, and the third one I want to share with you this morning in closing is, is follow through. Jesus was the best example of what I want to share with you, and that is loving and serving one another. Amen. He gives us such an incredible example. And he spoke in John 13, 34, and 35. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He's saying, don't just love one another, love one another as I have loved you. And that's a selfless, supernatural love. He says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The greatest evidence of our relationship with Jesus, church, is our love for others. That we are the light and the life of God to the people in our spheres, to the people in our worlds, to the people on our block, to the neighbor next door to the person that's right in front of us. Even with our family sometimes, it can be challenging when we're in such close quarters. I wanna encourage you today that God comes today to encourage us to rise, to depend on him, to stand together, but to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the peace that they can't find, to be the joy that they don't know how to grasp hold of to be that for others, to love others, to reach out 
The church has an opportunity, as, as I said, to take our eyes off of ourselves and our own problems and to look to others and say, God, what, are you, what do you want me to do today for others? Show me what opportunities are in front of me. I promise you that God will make it so clear, that it will be so plain for you exactly what you're supposed to do, the words that you're supposed to speak, and the opportunities that he's going to provide. This kind of love is not a command or excuse me, it's not an option, it's a command. It's a requirement for those who love him that we allow his supernatural love that we've received from such a generous God, we allow it to work not just in our lives, but through our lives as we touch others. A couple of the scriptures that we work a lot on in our own family, especially with all of us in the house now, doing distance learning and all the other fun activities that we get to enjoy together as a family is Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I think this is a time where forgiveness flows and we have a new tolerance for the people that God has put in our lives. And maybe it's hard to hear this, but you know what? God wants to give you a depth in relationship that you didn't enjoy before during this time. This is a time for families to reconnect. Reconnect with one another. Reconnect with God. Decide what their priorities are. I would encourage you, if you're parents in your home with young children, this is can be a trying season, but I want to. can I encourage you to speak the life of God and the Word of God over those young ones. Take extra time reminding them of what Jesus says about them and how much He loves them and how you as a family are going to get through this together. We know that a a gentle answer turns away wrath, doesn't it, church? This is how we love and serve one another. A gentle answer turns away, away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Our faith leads us to focus like we talked about. Faith empowers us to focus. It gives us that distraction-free spirit with our eyes of faith that are set on God. But it also leads us to action. And we know that in the book of James, as James goes on, this is where we started in the James chapter 1. The book of James goes on to talk about how without, without works, your faith is dead. And he says, but I'll show you my faith by my works. So our faith leads us to actions that are undeniable. They're compassion and empathy and care for others. To be the light and life of God in our neighborhoods and in our communities in uncertain times. In conclusion, I just want to read this verse over you, and then I just want to pray. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 gives us an amazing promise. It says this, it says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. And it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I'm speaking this over you as a family, as an individual, and over us as a church. As we, the church, come together, we are going to bear fruit in this season. You are going to bear fruit in this season. That you are not going to be lacking. That your leaves are green in Jesus' name. That as you continue to stay planted next to the streams, the, the water in the Bible is a picture of the presence of God, the Word of God. I want to encourage you to stay immersed in those things as we talked about today. In worship, in prayer. 
practically meditating on scripture and aligning our, our faith and our words together. God is calling his church to arise and bring joy and peace into the darkness and unknown of these days. Would you just bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. God, we thank you for every person all over spread out. Father, we are the church. We are the church of the most high God. And today, God, we dedicate ourselves afresh to you. We say, God, we want to be used by you. We want faith to rise in this time. God, we want our focus to be set on you and not on the things of this earth. And God, we ask that you would help us to be the light and the life that you desire to our friends, to our neighbors, to those who are caught up in fear and worry. God, we pray for every person right now who is experiencing sickness or diagnosis, God, we ask for wisdom for our scientists and for the medical community, God. We thank you, Father, for first responders and those who are in harm's way. And God, we ask for mercy for our nation over this virus, God. We thank you that you and you alone are our healer. And God, we look to you, the one who, who can sort it all out father we don't have the answers but we know that you're giving answers god that you're giving guidance you're giving direction and god we ask for mercy father we thank you that you and you alone are god over all of these problems and father you're in control this morning you are in control in jesus name if you're here today and you're sitting at home and you're viewing this from wherever you are and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm just gonna pray for you right now as we close. And you can just put your hand on your heart and just, I wanna pray this one simple prayer over you so you can make this most important decision that you'll ever make and that is to begin a relationship with Jesus, the one who made you, the one who created you. You know, we live our very best life when we're living in relationship with Jesus. So let's just pray this together. Father, I pray that you would come into my life. I accept you as my savior. I give you my future. I give you my past. I give you today. And I ask that you would help me to follow you for the rest of my life. You are my Lord. You are my savior. In Jesus' name, amen.